You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Now, you know, the question I wanted to ask that, you know, keeps I'm struggling not to miss is, what do you understand to be the difference between church and kingdom? Church is where we are. Church is who we are. But what do you understand to be the difference from what we learned on Sunday? I mean, in the long run, they are all intermingled. But from what we learned on Sunday, what do you really understand to be the difference? Anybody? Yes, thank you, Pastor Chris. Praise God. Hallelujah. From my own understanding, based on Sunday's teaching, church is the parade ground where we come to take dressing, where we come to take instructions, where we come to take guidance, where we come to refire ourselves. Then when we have all that, we now go out there in our stations in life, which is now where we represent the kingdom. So what we do in church is for equipment to go and do the work outside. Hallelujah. Can we clap for him? I think that's clear, right? Now, you see, why we had to emphasize that is it will explain a lot of things, okay? Now, the reason some of us don't take church seriously is because we are not representing the kingdom appropriately. The two work together. Like we saw, you know, on on Sunday, Daniel, even if he was quarreling with his other friends, when he heard that the king had issued a decree that what? All the wise men should be, you know, killed. For the sake of his life, he'll go and reconcile with them. Because you know that this matter that is on ground is what? Is not a joking matter. So you see, this one, only Daniel can pray, right? So he comes back. The reason we have church people, Christians, born-again Christians, who don't take the fellowship seriously is because they're not facing things there that they know they need the backing of the family of God. Praise the Lord. It's as simple as that. And the reason now some of us who are in church also don't, you know, carry out our assignments outside of church is because we think everything starts and ends here. You know, no man, you know, having come to church, had a good time. That's okay. That's for the building up. It makes you, you're equipped, you're healthy, you're strong. But what do you use the strength for? You get what I mean? Like a brother made, you know, captured very well. When he saw the news or when he heard the news that fuel price had gone from 537, 545 to 670, he began to sing the song that was sung on Sunday. Can you see what, the way it works now? But many of us, when we heard that news, we didn't hear what we heard on Sunday because we are done with church. We had entered real life. Whereas the whole purpose of church is to equip you for real life. Let's read a scripture, Ephesians chapter 4, 11. 
It's a passage we, I believe we are well acquainted with, but we'll see from a different angle tonight. And it says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Why did he give them that? He said, for the equipping of the, for the equipping of who? Saints are born again Christians. So all the apostle, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, all we are to do is do what? To equip the saints. Equip the saints for what? For the work of what? The ministry. In this place, you can replace that for the work of the kingdom. So the choir doesn't lead us in songs so that we can judge whether this choir sang better than that choir. It's an equipment. Praise the Lord. It's an equipment. It is preparing you for what you're going to meet. For the equipping of the saints. Who needs an equipment? Somebody that has a task. If not, you don't need an equipment. Who needs an equipment? It's because a work, you need to do something. And they know you need this equipment. That's why we come. So you gather, the word comes. You know, sometimes it strengthens you. Sometimes it just tears you down, it breaks you down. Sometimes you're angry. But all of that is not to end here. All of that is to equip you for what is waiting for you outside. Now, if you're not doing anything outside, most times, you know, some people have said, I'm coming to church, I'm not getting anything. The reason you're not getting anything when you come to church is because you're not doing anything when you go from church. It's as simple as that. I told us the story how I needed prayers and I was asking for prayer from everybody. I'd never asked for prayer. I'm not the kind of person that, but when something beyond me is before me, ah, everybody knows in certain situations they need prayer. Praise the Lord. So you understand that it puts a lot of things in perspective. The kingdom is what we do here. And the battle, the Bible says in Revelation, says the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God and his Christ. Out there is a kingdom versus kingdom life. If you play church, you won't disturb anybody. anybody nobody will bother. In your office, you put a banner, you put poster, you put all of that. That's church. When the kingdom comes into place, when there's a decision to be made in, in the office... Yeah, now, your kingdom has a way it should be done. Your kingdom has a way it shouldn't be done. Now, you bring church in. Now, at that point, when you say, no, in my kingdom, we don't do it this way. That's what Daniel did. Daniel came from church and came to the Babylonian kingdom and enforced his kingdom in Babylon. And because kingdoms cannot exist side by side, one must bow to the other. Daniel had an option. He could have gone to Babylon and submitted under the kingdom of Babylon. But when Daniel came to Babylon, he stood by his kingdom and there was a contest. When he said, I will not defile myself by eating and drinking of the king's delicacies, it was a kingdom contest. So he said to the king's, you know, to the man who kept the selected slave, he said, test this. That test was kingdom versus kingdom. In the Babylonian kingdom, until Daniel came, eating the king's food and drinking his delicacies enabled them excel mentally. When Daniel came, he said he's coming from another kingdom. And the kingdom where he comes from, this thing you eat and this thing you drink is defilement. So after 10 days, what did they do? They did a test. 
And they saw that Daniel was fatter in appearance. And then by the end of their training, they saw that mentally also, he had become ten times better. That's the result that is awaiting each and every one of us as we stand by the kingdom. In the name of Jesus Christ. This kingdom will always win. It says of the increase of his government, what will happen? There shall be no end. But that government, you have to stand by it. And that's why we're where, where we are in Nigeria now. Because the church people are not standing by the kingdom. When the question comes to which kingdom you belong, instead of us standing by righteousness, justice, and equity, we stand by all kinds of things. That's why Nigeria is where it is. It's as simple as that. So kingdom is what comes into place. It's kingdom that we battle with. Church makes you feel good. Praise the Lord. You feel good in church. Ah, it was okay, all of that. But what brings the result and advances the purposes of God is the kingdom. And you don't do that here. Here, you can't impress. You know, it's in church that we challenge ourselves by how long you pray. If you pray six hours or pray 16 hours and step outside and a situation comes up and you don't present or represent the kingdom there, what has your praying done for us? Like I told us here, I'm expecting that soon some of you here will raise the dead. We don't have to call a service and say super power, anointing, healing, and dead raising service. That is church. Because our Lord Jesus didn't call people to church to heal them. It's as he went. Now, some of you in the course of your work, in the course of your office, as you're on the road, at the motor park or wherever, the Holy Spirit will remind you this. Somebody will be saying he has this headache that doesn't go. Somebody will say, I've taken drugs for this pain. He has never gone. That is when you represent the kingdom. It's not when the pastor comes and there are lights and then we arrange people to come in front of you. No. Are you getting it now? You take what is happening here and everywhere you go. It says, as you go, make disciples. As you go. Go into all the world. You didn't say come into the church. The word of deliverance that you're going to speak is not also necessary here. Here we learn, we encourage ourselves, but you'll be amongst your family members, you'll be amongst your friends, classmates, businessmen, and there'll be a discussion going on. Uh, is uh, Pastor Josh here? So, okay, he's not here. He, he shared with us uh, at, at the prayer meeting, I think it was last week, what happened in, in his estate. Okay, so he, had, he lives in an estate, and for their transformer sport, and um, he was getting to the Muslim fast, and they are transformed, but they hadn't had light for about five days because transform, when your transformer is bad, no light now. So they held an emergency meeting and they said they had to buy a transformer because they didn't want to get into the fast without electricity because of the way they prepare their food, they prepare store and have to warm all of that. So transformer was going to cost four million naira. So they wanted to raise money for the transformer so they buy it before the fast. And Pastor Joshua said, the Spirit of God was telling him that he should tell them they shouldn't raise money to buy transformer. That they should apply to PHCN. They should write a letter and request from PHCN that PHCN will give them transformer. Okay? So he said while the conversation was going on, he tried not to talk. Until the chairman turned to him and said, Mr. Semota, you haven't said anything. He opened his mouth. He didn't know what to say. The thing came out of his mouth. We shouldn't buy transformer. He said everybody turned and looked at him. Have you gone crazy? So what should we do? He said, let's write a letter. The place went rowdy. We have an emergency. He said, write a letter in Nigeria. To who? How many months before they answer you? But he said it, and for some reason, 
You know, they said, okay, you write letter. He said the secretary was so angry with him. Early the next morning, he came and dropped the letter. He said, Mr. Semota, take your letter. The story is getting more interesting. He took the letter, went to Nepal to deliver it to PHN. He said they didn't even allow him to get into the office. He was with the letter there. They didn't allow him to get in to submit it. Okay? Long and short, for some reason, through some other person in their state, a copy of the letter got to the MD of PHN. And they replied them, and in two days, the estate got a brand new transformer. They didn't spend one naira. That's kingdom. Do you think if tomorrow, Mr. Semota tells them something, in their, when they bow down, they'll be knowing that that man is a god. Though. That's kingdom. Church is when in that estate, in the morning, he's disturbing his neighbor. They'll know he goes to church. But kingdom, respect. Is somebody get what I'm saying? That's it, kingdom. You know who you are. You know who you are. And in situations and circumstances, the spirit of God will put a word, you know, put a word, it will be burning in you. Say it now, say it now. And then you say it, what will happen? He backs you because there is a battle out there, kingdom versus kingdom. But a kingdom that doesn't show up in games is called walkover, isn't it? When this kingdom doesn't show up, it becomes a walkover for the kingdom of darkness. I say you will represent in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let me just round that up. Malachi 2. Let me show you what it says there. So we'll move on to. In Malachi 2, this is what it says. Just um, like um, we're talking about church. Malachi 2, 6 and 7. Tells us what really we come to church for. It says the law of truth was in his mouth and injustice was not found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity and turned many away from iniquity. Seven. It said for the lips of a priest should keep what? Knowledge. And people should seek the law from his word. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. Can you give me the living Bible, please? This is what we come. And when people misunderstand us, okay, everything begins to go south. Because if we get this right, I come for equipment. Like I listen to a few preachers. There are 99% of them I don't listen to. Because when I listen to them, they don't adjust me. Do you understand? They don't adjust me. By the time I'm listening to you, and everything, in five minutes, I have to say 50 amens to your prayer. How about, teach me, instruct me, what is God saying to me? Do you understand what I'm saying? No, I didn't come for you to say, you will, you will, you will, amen, you will, amen, you will, amen. Somebody here, amen, somebody here, amen, somebody here, by tomorrow, amen, amen. One hour has passed, and then I leave. I wanted to slap somebody before I came. When I'm leaving, I still want to slap the person. Meanwhile, it's not God's will for me to slap the person. But I came to church. The only thing that has happened now is that my lust has increased. I now want what I want more than I wanted it before I came. Because you have told me it's coming next tomorrow. In fact, you have told me it's coming now. And then what the Spirit of God was trying to bear witness in my spirit that this direction. You know, it says, when you want to turn to the left or right, you hear a voice saying to you, this is, that voice, I'm not hearing it again. (laughs) That's what a lot of people call church. Let's read it. He passed on to the people all the truth he did what? That's what, when you come, the preacher passes the truth he got from me. He said, he did not lie or cheat. He walked with me, living a good and righteous life, and turned many from where? 
If you attend church and it doesn't convict you, the God you appeared before is holy. Praise the Lord. It's simple. I don't know whether to call it psychology or simple sense. Those days when I used to have challenge doing my workout routines, if I watch uh, this, this program, World's Strongest Man, how many of us see those programs? Where they lift, you know, all manner of heavy things. Any night I watch it, the next morning, eh, if you see me exercising, what? Because I've seen those I can be like. I've seen my mates. Do you understand? Now, the same way, if you come to worship in the presence of a holy God, you cannot go back and be comfortable in sin. It's not possible. You will be transformed. There will be a desire. You will be longing for righteousness. You will be longing for purity. You will be longing for holiness. Once you appear, it's as simple as that. Praise the Lord. It's as simple as that. Whatever you behold, whatever you behold, whatever you behold. Guard your hearts with all diligence, for out of it flows what? The issues of life. That's why if you're here and you're beholding, you know, African magic, African magic, African magic, African magic, that's how you also be thinking that you can't prosper until you do money ritual. Because everything African magic shows you is that the only people who prosper are those who did money ritual. And that the only thing young ladies are good for are to be side chicks or uh, center chick or whatever. <laughs> what you behold, what you behold, praise the Lord. Okay, so it says, and turn many from their lives of sin. Seven, let's read together. Priests, lives should what? Flow with the knowledge of God. So the people will learn what? God's laws. The priests are the messengers of the Lord Almighty. And men should come to them for guidance. That's what it is. That's what church is about. That's why we gather. Whether four of us are gathering, whether it's eight of us are gathering, anywhere two or more are gathered together in my name, I'm there in their midst to instruct. Blessing is automatic. How many of us here have had children grow? At what time in their lives did they grow? What hour did your child grow? So you are blessed in his presence. It is a continuous going process. As you appear, it says they go from strength to strength that do what? It's not a one moment thing. I come to church, I have an encounter. No, I come to church and I'm transformed and I'm transformed and I'm growing. That growth, you're looking at me now, you can't see, but you turn your eye away, you turn again, you see something has happened. That's what it's about. It's all those sensual and spectacular desires that lead men astray. You want to come to church and feel something and fall. How many times did they tell you Peter fell? James fell. The people who were falling were demoniacs. Are you a demoniac? You're already born again, isn't it? What is happening to you is that you're being cleansed by the word. Faith is being built by the word. Wisdom is coming by the word. As the, it says, know you not that you are gods. If you call them gods to whom the word of as the word of God is coming to you, you're becoming a god. Some things are being so established in you that you cannot be moved. You become unshakable and immovable. It's not every time I come to church, you go, yeah, you say it was powerful. No, you were demoniac. Uh-uh. Tell me in scripture. We're talking scripture. You're looking for sensualism. For spectacular. It's not biblical. That's what I'm trying to say to you. It's not. When you come, Jesus will speak to them. And then they will go and then they will meditate on it. What did they say to Joshua? This book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate on it how? Day and night. And as you do meditate, you observe to do. And what will happen? 
He said, thereby what will happen? You will have good success. Not encounter. You, as you meditate, is working. Is working. Is working. Just like the plant you plant grows, you don't even know how. What did they say to us? The kingdom of God is like a man who puts seed in the ground and goes to sleep. And wakes up, goes to sleep. And what happens? He does not know how. That's how it is in your life. As you're hearing and you're heeding and you're desiring, miracles that you can't measure are working. It's a supernatural work, but you're looking for spectacular. That's why you're not witnessing it. Praise the Lord. It's the same thing if you go to the gym and start working out. Now, most of us, you go to the gym and you walk out and you want to see no muscle to become muscle the next day. The only thing you're going to have is no cramp to become serious cramp the next day. Because by the time you finish next day, you can't, this is how your hand, you can't move your hand. But those who do that, they'll tell you, take it easy, you know, do a little. Before you know it, after a couple of months, you look and you say everything has changed. That's the way it works. Praise the Lord. Now, that doesn't remove where God, like we learned at the throne room, where God decides to do what? Spectacular. God is always doing supernatural. Where God decides to do spectacular. But read the Bible. Those spectaculars were never for his children. That's what happens when we do crusades. And that's what will happen when you're outside. That's why I started with that. You will raise the dead. Miracles follow believers. It's not for us to gather. We say we believers are gathered. Then I'm looking for one of you to fall under anointing. That should happen in your office, in your neighborhood. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because it becomes a sign for the people. But you already believe. He said unless these people see signs and wonders, they'll not believe. But you already believe. So it's bringing you in, into the knowledge of the truth. Praise the Lord. Okay, I want to share with the little time we have. You know, just, I believe God wants to just um, refocus his children and make sure that we are not in any way overshaken by the things that are happening in our time. Amen? In Luke chapter 8, verse 22 to 25, we have the record there, and I'll read, and it says, Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side of the lake, and they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water, and were in Jopadi. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. 25. But he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and water, and they obey him. Praise the Lord. You know, for every serious Christian, and especially for those of us who are Nigerians, we, we're in a time where if you're really sincere, you're asking a lot of questions. Okay? And most are going through very difficult times and challenging times, and generally as a nation, you know, very trying time that we are in. And the Lord is bringing this word to you and I, and um, he said, what I have said to you, what I have spoken to you, is not conditioned on good times. Praise the Lord. The promise of God to you, to me, to every one of his children, is not conditioned on favorable times. Praise the Lord. You see, God has determined to 
bring you to an end. He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, right? There are thoughts of good and not of evil to bring you to a future and to an what? Expected end. He didn't say, I will take you to that place on a smooth sail. That's where the challenge comes. Because we expect that the path will be smooth. The path could be smooth. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If we meet smooth path, hallelujah. But what he said is that I will fulfill that purpose. Praise the Lord. Our Lord Jesus Christ speaking, you know, at some point, he says, the things concerning me, they have an end. Okay? The trials, the difficulties, they have an end. That end can imply that they will end. One, somebody can say amen. Yes, the troubles, the trials, the difficulties, they will come to an end. Amen? Yes. The other way you can look at that end also is that they have a purpose. The things concerning me have a what? And I am to say to us believers in Nigeria, now, the things concerning us have a purpose. You know, I was saying before the elections that those of us who don't fall in line will regret. Now, part of what is going to happen is that people's consciences will beat them in this season. Because their choice and their stand will be so apparent to them. And they'll be wondering what made, you know, what killed Judas? God didn't kill Judas. The same thing with Ananias and Sapphira. It was the conviction of their evil. Look at where we are as a country now. I mean, it was bad before. English language needs to find another word. Do you get what I'm saying? Because what we're seeing is a combination of this, uh, what word now? Is there a word called disheartedness? Eh? No, not disheartedness of leader. Because you're removing subsidy that is affecting everybody. And you're padding what a few people are enjoying. It doesn't make sense. Okay? So all of this, everyone who supported is not as if, it's not majority. But the few are going to be looking at it like this. And you'll be seeing that you chose this. Or rather, you wish for this. Those of us who didn't wish for it, we are saying, Lord, hasten your deliverance. Isn't it what we're saying? But imagine if you chose it. How will you be feeling now? Okay? But that on the side, God is saying to us that what he said he would do for us individually, corporately as a nation, in, in a, and corporately as a church, was not premised on a smoothness of path. It's a certainty of arrival at the predetermined destination. Do you get that? You know why that is so? Because the enemy is allowed. It's just like in soccer now, okay? In soccer, if I take, you know, a football, and this is my side on the football match, and I take the ball and begin to dribble from here and dribble from here. The enemy is allowed to do everything to stop me, okay? But when I get in front of their goalpost and get into what they call the penalty box, they have to be careful because you didn't stop me all the while, right? I've gotten to my goal when I began. Now, the same way, in your journey, in my journey, in your finances, every area of your life, as you're working with God, the enemy is permitted to try to dissuade you and discourage you and cause you to be disheartened on this journey. But if you keep your focus on the point that God said to you, let us cross over to the other side, it means God did not tell you stop halfway. 
The songwriter sang and says, he didn't bring me this far to leave me. Somebody say that of himself. Say, God didn't bring me this far to leave me alone. No, you see, he said, you did not choose me. You have not chosen me, but I have what? Chosen you. Now, the conversations that God had with you, the dreams that he put in your heart, the meditations that you have had in your heart, when you were having that honeymoon with God, he has not changed it. But you are being tempted to change it because you are meeting difficult times. In fact, that's the whole purpose of difficult times, to get you to say to God, I'm not doing again. God never says, I'm not doing again. That's why he says, even when we are faithless, he remains faithful. You know why? Because it's Alpha and Omega. What he has finished, the only thing is that you and I can miss it, but God forbid that we miss it in Jesus' name. But God will still do it. Okay? So, in this account that we see in, in um, okay, look, it. see what is happening there. So, Jesus said to the disciples, he said, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And when you read the Bible, and this thing that we're talking about, you're meditating, be sure what you're holding on to. What did Jesus say to them? Let us cross over to the other side. Praise the Lord. Did Jesus say, let us cruise over to the other side? If Jesus said, let us cruise over to the other side, follow me and see what will happen. In 25, when he says to them, where is your faith? Then they will have a basis to say to him, Master, this was no cruise. Are you getting me? They should be able to say that. Let us cruise over to the other side. It's not the same as let us cross over. What God has said to us as a nation, he will perform. But he didn't say it's a cruise. What God has said to you, your family, concerning your, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking that somebody is believing God for healing, and you're expecting a cruise. It, it may be a cruise sometimes. Praise the Lord. Sometimes, you know, just, bam, the whole thing drops off, and you can't even find the symptom. But some of them, you will get to that destination, but it won't be a cruise. I get what I'm saying. So see what happened here. So he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. And they launched out. Okay? 23 puts a statement there, the first line there. What's the first word you see there? But when you see but, always know that the music has changed. Okay? So he said, let us cross over to the other side. And they launched out excitedly. Probably, you know, singing, talking about their last uh, meeting, you know, the, how powerful the teaching was. Ah, master, wonderful. And that's how they were. But happened on the road. And what was the but? He fell asleep. And then the enemy waited. When he fell asleep, what happened? He says, a windstorm came down on the lake. And the ship they were in began what? To be filled with water. And I like the fact that the Holy Spirit says they were in jeopardy. They were in danger. They were at risk of sinking. Okay? That's where they were. Now, in spite of all this, Jesus still said to them, where is your faith? What's that saying to me? We're told in the book of Isaiah, I say, do not call a conspiracy what these people call a conspiracy. They were in jeopardy and they cried, master, master, we are perishing. And then he calms the storm and then turns to them and say, where is your faith? 
So what did he expect them to do with their faith? Anybody here? Yes. He expected them that when the Joe party came, they would look at Joe party and say, Joe, how are you? Because I know we will get to the other side. Master, master, we are perishing is a word contrary to the word Jesus spoke. Child of God, no matter what is happening, don't allow your words to be against what Jesus spoke. The Bible says, holding fast the confession of your faith without wavering, because you know that he who promises what? Who will also do it? Whenever you shift your confession, he has a right to ask you, where is your faith? Now your argument is, you know what tonight they see? Do you know fair price has gone up? For those who don't know, you are saying dollar was 8 something, 8.30. As of this afternoon, it was 8.50 something. Praise the Lord. But listen now. He said, let us cross over toward the other side. That's what he sent me to tell somebody. The Joe party cannot stop your arrival. If we had our way, we will remove the Joe party. But he's expecting that at least you should use your faith a little. Praise the Lord. What is the purpose of faith when everything is inside? When everything is conditioned? What is the purpose of faith? Evidence of things, hope for substance of things not seen. If you're seeing it, what are you hoping for it? If you're holding it, what is the evidence? If a man is caught red-handed in an act, are they they going to be needing witnesses? Praise the Lord. So tonight, Jesus is saying to you, sir, He's saying to you, my dear sister, he's saying to us as his church, I have not changed what I said. Praise the Lord. He said, have I said it? Will I not do it? Let's rise on our feet. We're going to pray. The Bible in the book of James makes it like what my brother said. That he remembered the song that uh, the spring sang. Jesus, uh, what was that song again? Sorry? My firm foundation. When I saw that 600 and thing, because I didn't know what was happening, I saw cute. I just said, be glorified. I just said, Lord, be glorified. Do you get what I'm saying? Because if you're not careful, you can say things. And one of the major expressions of your faith is your speech. The Bible says, having then the spirit of faith, therefore we do what? We speak. Faith is a speaker. You understand what I'm saying? Faith is a speaker. And those moments that he comes out unprepared is very critical. So if in any way you have spoken, you know, we are perishing. This is the time to go back to him and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Because what you said you will do, you will do. We will get to the other side. You will train your children. You will feed. You will be clothed. You will perform your ministry. The work of God will prosper. You will be healed. I, I get what I'm saying. That's what he's saying. It doesn't matter what is happening in Nigeria. One of the things they said to me, he said, you know, part of what I'm aware of is that most of our medical personnel have, have left Nigeria. You know that. We, we have lost almost 80% of our medical personnel. But he said, is infirmity increasing? Praise the Lord. Do you understand? Which one would you rather have? A lot of medical personnel with sickness or no medical personnel and then you don't need them? <laughs> I get it what I said. So I, I want us to raise our faith to another level. Praise the Lord. I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty. I need two bottles of water to satisfy my chest. What of when God anoints me so that I just need a spoon of water to satisfy my thirst? Hasn't he solved that problem for me? 
So my problem is not water. I need the word of the Lord. I need to be in the center of his will. Praise the Lord. That's why I was so happy with some of the songs we sang today. It said, Jesus, sweet to my heart. The cause for calling Jesus, they have not removed the subsidy. Are you with me? The place of pleasure, having pleasure in the Lord. They have not removed the subsidy. You can sit down and refuse to enjoy the Lord because you're worrying about problems. That's your choice. But he did not say to you, the path will be sweet. He just said, the journey will be concluded and there will be no... Let me show you a scripture. Praise the Lord. We can just be praying in the Holy Ghost, please. Let's pray for the church. Let's pray for the brethren. Let's pray for many that don't have, you know, this hope that we have. That don't know this Jesus. It's tough out there. But he said to us, where is your faith? Which means that Jesus is expecting that my faith is the answer to the time that we are in. Lord, increase us in faith. Increase my brothers in faith. This is a time where many should come to knowledge of Jesus. Lord, there are many there who are disheartened, who are losing hope, who are completely lost. They don't know. There are businesses that have been crushed by reason of this exchange rate fluctuation. There are difficulties, difficult situations. But Jesus didn't say to them, well, we would have gone this way. He said, where is your faith? Which means the answer still remains my faith. Still remains my faith. Lord, help us, O Lord, to keep focused on you, to keep our gaze on you, to keep our eyes steady on you, not to be distracted because you have said it, will you not do it? Tonight we are coming to say thank you for our faith is being built up. He said to us, he says, faith is not primarily for your comfort, but for the accomplishment of God's purpose. So I'm thanking the Lord that no matter what is going on, his purposes will be accomplished in my life. His purpose, his goal will be accomplished. Ah, Lord, we thank you. Your church will accomplish his purpose. This nation, Lord, your righteousness and your justice shall yet be established. This nation shall yet take the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. In the name of Jesus it does not matter what we are seeing it does not matter what we are hearing it does not matter what the people who are there now are doing our confidence is in you we know the god we have believed he is the mighty god he is the unfailing god he is the dependable god there is a destiny that you have prepared the bible says whom you have chosen you predestined tonight we are thanking for that predestination that they are predestined us none of your children will come short of it in the name of jesus christ okay just to round up the prayer acts 27 verse 33 and 44 the last two verses okay let's read it together but the centurion wanting to save paul kept them from their purpose and commanded that those who could swim should jump overboard first and get to land for the fall now let's read this out well and the rest, some on board, and some on parts of the ship. And so it was that what? They all escaped safely to land. You will all fulfill your purpose. You will raise your children. You will pay school fees. You will be here. God's purpose will be perfected. The journey may not be smooth, but the journey will be accomplished. The righteous will not bow before the wicked. He is the glory and the lifter of our heads. He will raise the heads that are bowed down. He will give us beauty for ashes. 
he'll give us the oil of joy in the place of mourning he will bring us out of debt you will not finish a debtor god will give you a song to sing god will give you a dance to dance god will make a way in that situation that seems to be no way we may not know how but this is our god all escape father we give you praise let's bless the name of the lord we give you praise lord you've been listening to a message by pastor ikinaokeke of the father's church we are sure you've been blessed we invite you to worship with us at eden center banex guarimpa expressway near next kashinkari abuja for telephone 09-290-9000 or 703 you can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.